Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bring, bring it fast. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, joining me now is Jamie Smith. You can find on Twitter at Jamie Smith Sport, and he also writes and works for Omnisport. Um, and of course, we're going to be talking about Burnley, uh, Jamie. First of all, we'll lead in with your win yesterday, come from behind against Watford. Uh, looked it up, the last time Burnley lost the Premier League match was February 10th, but I feel like you aren't really getting a lot of coverage. Uh, what did you make of yesterday's match in this run you've been on? Yeah, it was another really good win for us, actually. I think um, we got the monkey off our back about not winning from coming from behind a few weeks ago, so it doesn't feel as scary if we do fall behind in the game now. Um, and yet, yesterday was quite a tight game. Watford fans were a bit upset about the manner of the the victory. Two goals from set pieces conceded, from their point of view, isn't very good. And both of the awards were probably a little bit soft, um, to be honest. But that's the strength of Ashley Barnes that he wins cheap free kicks, and then we profited from them. So um, I think a couple of things to pick out from yesterday: good attacking substitutions from Sean Dash. That's a drum that I've had to beat a lot. <laughs> over Dash's five and a bit years that he's not quite proactive enough but he put Sam Bolts on scored with his first touch so big tick in that box worked absolutely perfectly and I think we got on the front foot really well and tried to go out and win the game um, which again isn't something that we've always gone on and done um, but you're right we are, we're operating a little bit under the radar now I think there was a lot of press in the first half of the season when we got off that flying start then we had the little slump, the little slump in the middle of the season where we didn't win for twelve games or whatever it was, a third of the season. Um, but now we're winning again. People are just seeing the same things that they were at the start of the season. So I think we're quite happy going under the radar this way. We don't need a lot of positive press coverage, but um, it increasingly looks like we are going to finish seventh in the league, which is a magnificent achievement. We got Leicester at home at the weekend, and I think if we win that game which on current form we've got every chance of doing, then it's done and we will be seventh. I'm interested to hear you say that you think you're going to come seventh because Arsenal, uh, just five points in front of you, have not been convincing either of the last two weeks, um, despite winning against Southampton and Stoke. Uh, both of those matches were nervy for far longer than they should have been. Is there still any uh, whiff of a dream about Burnley these days about potentially claiming a Europa League spot? I, I don't think there's any reason why we can't try and hunt down Arsenal or, or even Chelsea, they've obviously not had good seasons. Arsenal in particular have got their eye on, on the Europa League now. I think we saw today a very weakened team against Southampton, gave them a lot of opportunities to get a positive result, and Southampton just couldn't get the job done. Um, so I think around their Europa League games, they are going to name similar lineups where they're giving young players an opportunity, so there's every chance they will drop points um, in the league. But five points is quite a big gap to make up at this stage. That said... We've got Chelsea at home next week. 
that's not a, a fixture that we have to be afraid of anymore. We have to go to Arsenal. We don't have a good record at Arsenal, as you'd expect. But again, we can go there and be confident. We've just won three away games on the trot. Um, and I think we've got games like Brighton at home and Stoke away. So teams that you would look at on paper as not being as strong as us. So our running's quite kind, I think. Chelsea and Arsenal are the only big teams that we've got to play. And like I said, they're our kind of direct rivals. Um, at the moment <laughs> and I think I think and stop me if I'm wrong but I think 7th place will be enough for Europe this season as long as Southampton don't win the FA Cup I think that's how it oh, works oh because the current teams are all also yeah, in Champions the, League spots yeah and the runner up spot uh, the FA Cup runner up doesn't get the spot anymore it goes to the, the league so I think there's two chances as long as Southampton don't win the FA Cup or if Arsenal win the Europa League and therefore get in the Champions League um, I think there's two chances for seventh place to get into Europe. And like I say, I think it's it's our spot to lose almost now. But I think it would definitely be fun to watch uh, Burnley in Europe. I remember back when uh, Swansea were in the Europa League, uh, how fun it was to follow them. And I think they did fairly well, and hopefully uh, you would do the same as well. Uh, you mentioned both Barnes and Vokes uh, in your, your brief match recap there. And I'm curious right now as to who you think is the best forward at Burnley, because we've seen Barnes... Wood and Volks all on the score sheet the past few weeks. Yeah, it was interesting that all three of them were on the pitch yesterday when we came from behind. Um, Dash put Volks on. Volks has been playing very much off the bench recently, um, but he was quite happy to field all three. And I think that posed Watford a question that they didn't really have any answers to. Um, for me, Chris Ward has made a huge difference. Um, he spent quite a lot of the campaign injured, still adapting to the Premier League. It's his first season in the Premier League, but he's made a massive difference since he came back. I think he scored the winner off the bench in his first appearance of the year. Then Dyche put him in the team rightly, playing him with Barnes. And the two of them have dovetailed really nicely. I think they combined to excellent effect in the win at West Ham. Also very good um, at Watford yesterday. It wasn't our best performance, but they linked up particularly well. Um, so I think results stand out for themselves really at the moment and Chris Wood coming into the team giving giving us that little bit of extra added quality I think in the final third has really made a difference it says a lot that I think I think Wood's still our top scorer even though he's missed quite a lot of games this season so for me our attack has to be built around around Chris Wood but one of the great things about yesterday was when is that again it came without both of our first choice wingers Robbie Brady still injured and Johan Gunmanson wasn't fit either a player I know you're a big fan of, but it means Lennon and, and Kudu have had a chance and they've done really well. Yeah, and you mentioned when you signed both of those players that you kind of needed that pace. Um, and so, as you said, when you're missing two of your best wingers, now you have usable options to come off the or, well, hmm, to come off the bench is incorrect because, as you said, they both started. But good to see them getting minutes and helping the cause. Um, and uh, you are correct that uh, Wood is currently leading you in goals. Um, and I think he's also like top five in goals per ninety, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, while we're kind of talking about uh, comparisons between Burnley players, uh, a lot of people are starting to get excited about Heaton coming back. Um, within the Burnley camp, uh, who do you view as the better goalkeeper right now? Because some may think Heaton's just about to walk back into that job from looking from the outside in. Um, but curious as to who you think is actually better or, or what the strengths are of each. It's a really interesting one, this, and it has been a subjective debate for the last few weeks among Burnley fans with Heaton coming back to full fitness. Um, and obviously he was on the bench yesterday, which 
is maybe an indication that, that Dice sees Pope as, as number one at the moment. Um, I think they do have conflicting strengths. I think Heaton, Heaton's distribution is probably better than Pope's. That's a real weakness of, of Nick Pope's, that if he is going to be recognised internationally, um, I think that's probably an area that he really has to work on. But I think shot-stopping, Nick Pope probably stronger than than Heaton. Positioning, probably better as well. Um, I think all round for me, Pope's got a lot more potential than than Tom Heaton. I think Heaton's probably already reached his ceiling. Um, and he's been a fantastic goalkeeper for us. But I think it's it's very exciting how good Nick Pope can be. If you look at the, the save percentages for not just the Premier League, but the top five European leagues this season. I was looking at this before this weekend's game, so I'm not sure how it's been affected. But Pope was ranking at over 80%, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, that's for all shots faced, and it ranks him in the sort of company with David De Gea, Alisson at Roma, who many are saying is, is going to be the next big thing. People like to Stegen. He's up there with sort of the top five, six, seven goalkeepers in Europe this season. Um, and this for a lad, he's never played in the Premier League before. There was a lot said when he got in the England squad five years ago, something he was doing a milk round while he was playing in the seventh, eighth tier of English football. So he's come an awful long way. But I think the exciting thing about Nick Pope for me is that I think he can get a lot better as well. Interesting. Does your answer change at all for the England setup versus Burnley? You know what? A few weeks ago, I was adamant that Heaton had to go back in the team as soon as he was fit to give him the chance to earn that place in the World Cup squad. Um, but then Pope got in the squad for the March friendlies, and although he didn't get a cap, I think it had been really beneficial for him to go and train with elite goalkeepers and get a feel and a taste of that setup, and hopefully it'll make him hungry for more. Um, but since then, I think Gareth Southgate, the England manager, has made it quite clear that Joe Hart is going to go, and I don't think there's any question about Jack Button and Jordan Pickford either so the top three seems to be set in stone which is unfortunate for us because I think Nick Pope's been the outstanding English goalkeeper this season and even being a biased Burnley fan I think he should be in the three um, I think it's ludicrous to take Joe Hart considering the problems he's had in the last two or three years on the basis of his international experience which let's remember Joe Hart at major tournaments he's been bad and embarrassing hmm. with the antics and the, the penalty shootouts against Italy at the Euro. So I think it, it's farcical and illogical, really, to be talking about Joe Hart in that company. But to go back to, to what I was saying before, I went on my massive Joe Hart is terrible rant. Um, I think Nick Pope should probably keep the shirt now for, for Burnley. He's done nothing wrong for the whole season that he's been in the team. I think he's one of the few goalkeepers to have not made... Not made an error that's directly led to a goal all season. I think goals that he maybe could have done a bit better with. I think the one yesterday is probably a little bit disappointed that he didn't save, but it wasn't a clang, it wasn't a big mistake, and he hasn't made one all season. So, um, as much as Tom Heaton's the club captain and he's been our number one for four or five seasons, I think at the moment Nick Pope probably deserves to play. Yeah, also hard to make a case for Butland against Pope this season, aside from anything other than pedigree, considering Stoke have conceded the most goals in the league this season. Um, yeah, he's had an awful season. He's also rubbish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really not good, and I, I fear he might be on a Fraser forced arrest regression, which would obviously not be good news for England. Um, do you think it's possible that you retain both Heaton and Pope through the summer and into next season? I really hope so. Um, I think it's, it's the... the 
the cliched nice problem to have, isn't it? But it is going to be one of the stories of the summer for us, I think, what we decide to do about that goalkeeping position. Um, because realistically, they're both good enough to be number ones in the Premier League and you can't really carry two goalkeepers that want to be a number one. Um, for me, as an idealist, maybe you could say Pope goes out on loan, maybe to a club near the bottom and gets more experience. Um, whether he'd be willing to do that, whether there'd be clubs looking to take him, I'm not sure then Heaton could have another, another season as number one. But that, it sort of just delays the inevitable for me. Um also, if we do qualify for Europe, you could say you'd need a bigger squad. You could have one goalkeeper plays in Europe and all the cup competitions, which is what a lot of the clubs in the Europa League seem to do. Um, but then you're talking a handful of games, really, aren't you? It's not something that the second choice is going to be particularly pleased with. Um, so I think it is going to be it's going to be something Dash is going to have to think a lot about in the next few weeks and over the summer. For me... I'd probably be putting very subtle feelers out to see if there was interest in Tom Heaton because Nick Pope's the future, I think. Um, and he's someone that could be our goalkeeper for a very long time. So I'd be, I'd be sad to see Heaton go because he's been great for us. He's local lad, his family are Burnley fans, he's a club captain, played a part in two promotions. He's been fantastic. But I think Pope, you could argue, is already better and he's certainly going to be better in the very near future. Definitely will be interesting to see how all of that pans out. Um, you mentioned Daisha's choice there. Sean Daisha himself has been fantastic this season. We did an episode a few weeks back um, where we mentioned our early player of the year and uh, manager of the year nominations. I actually mentioned uh, Sean Daisha. And while obviously it, it's probably going to go to um, Pep Guardiola for the historic season City are having. Uh, I, I actually said Sean Dyche at the time, and curious to hear you make your case uh, for why Sean Dyche should be awarded uh, manager of the season. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you can make a case for, for Pep Guardiola, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but I, I think manager of the year is, is the one way you should really look at overachievement. So what club is doing substantially better than you would expect? Manchester City have had a fantastic season and assuming the wheels don't come off spectacularly and they win the league comfortably, it's only natural that people talk about Guardiola and he's done brilliantly. He spent a lot of money, but he's also improved pretty much every single player there and I think he'd be a worthy winner. However, if you do look at it in terms of overachievement, where people were talking about Burnley finishing, sort of above the relegation zone, 16th or so, where we finished last season, a lot of people were still tipping us to go down like they always do. If we were to finish seventh and qualify for the Europa League, that's a massive overachievement. All done on a very small budget, one of the smallest budgets in the Premier League. So the figures came out about uh, clubs spending on agent fees. There was only one club, I think, in the Premier League spent less on agent fees than us in the last year. Um, so it's a club that continues to do everything in the right way, not overspending, not overstretching. Um, we've been without key players for a lot of this season as well. People don't mention it as much. Um, for all, I've just been hyping Nick Pope, but to be without the club captain for the majority of the season has been a massive blow. Robbie Brady's been out for a lot of the season. Stephen Defoe the same. Been without good months from recently. Ben Mee's missed games. James Tarkovsky's missed games. There's half of the team at times has been unavailable and we still ground out results. So um, It's not been pretty at times. We have scored some fantastic goals, but a lot of times it's been ugly football playing to the percentages at times but it's 
works a treat. And for, for Burnley to finish seventh, I think it's it's very difficult to say that Dice shouldn't be in the discussion at least. Yeah, I do think it, it. a lot of people did not think highly of Burnley coming into the season considering the losses that you sustained and the fact that you are now, uh, especially if those um, permutations are correct with the Europa League, you could be bound for Europe with a team that, as you say, people had either just above or in the relegation zone. Uh, definitely no small achievement from Dyche and the Burnley players. All right, uh, thanks so much, Jamie, for making time for us. If you uh, want to tell the folks where they can find you, now would be a good time. Oh, good. It's been a pleasure. You can follow me on Twitter at Jamie Smith Sports. Um, I work for Omni Sport. We supply stories on football to all sorts of people, including AOL, MSN, um, and various other people on the internet. So follow me at Jamie Smith Sport. Yep. Thanks so much for joining us, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.